you're ready for my rhymes? You'll soon be green as envious limes. Uh... I see you're not yellow, fellow, but I don't want to make you blue. So get a clue and purple the plug before you played, or I'll arrange a rainbow on your Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I'll give you five. Really? I'll give you 5.5. Yeah, I, I thought that was better when I read it the second time. Like... All right, guys. Welcome to this week's Grime America show. Um, Darren Grimes with me, as always, is your uh, your elitist puppet, Graham Dunlop. How's it going this week, scumbag? <laughs> <laughs> my elitist what? Puppet? Your elitist puppet. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm doing well, buddy. Just well? Just well. We've done that before. Just well? How come? You, uh, look, you look like you're having a good time. I've been talking for four hours, so... So you should be doing great. <laughs> Actually, you, if you include work, <laughs> I've been talking for 16 hours, so... See, you should just channel that. Oh, I am. Didn't you know? Into a song. Just pick, like, a couple words out of every day and make a song. Okay, Look I'll do that. life. I'll do that. Um, so we got Emmy Bittner and Alex Teplish double interview. They're both pretty long too. So you guys, this would be a good one. Yeah. Artists, artists, comic graphic, uh, novel artists. Yeah. Not just artists, but yeah, they great. do all the writing and everything. Yeah. 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 Creators. Creators. Artists. Yes. It's good to have creators on the show. Yeah, it is. It, it kind of ties into a lot of the stuff we talk about here too. So it's kind of was a no brainer for us. Yeah. Um, RPJ is going to join us for the uh, for the Emmy Bittner chat, and then we fly solo for the Alex Teplish, which was a fucking mission to get accomplished. I think that one had to get rescheduled, rescheduled a, a few times. Yeah, yeah. crazy occurrences. Yeah, I mean, this is a thought we had like last fall, I think, about having a little double episode with uh, some artist, uh, you know, talking about fringe genres and their and their creative comments <laughs> and stuff. I don't know what the fuck he did. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, this is our on holiday, or our week off. I guess we we took a week off while I went to a wedding, so you guys will be hearing this while I'm uh, while I'm in Ontario or Manitoba someplace. Graham's probably still somewhere near the igloo. Working. Working, yeah. Working nine to five. So yeah, hopefully this all came out as scheduled. Yes, hopefully. Your timer worked. Yeah, it'll be a big experiment now, won't it? I have a synchronicity. You do? Yeah. Yeah, fired up. That's from a great uh, a great listener of ours. Is there Get a jingle Mo. or anything like that? Get Mo. No jingle? No. Okay. What's up, man? This is from uh, David Zeri. He says, uh, show's going great. I'm a little behind trying to catch up, though. Just finished the one with Dave McGowan. Really good. Interesting, to say the least. I'll be checking out that book for sure. He says, so I had a possible synchronicity just the other day. <laughs> I was sitting at work playing a game on my phone. One of those games that is like an online game where people from all over the world play. I like how I've got people nervous enough now that oh, I yeah, say possible synchronicities. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. He says, I was talking with this guy while I was listening to Mysterious Universe, the one about the lecture that Michael Tellinger gave. So this guy and I started talking about that kind of stuff, UFOs, aliens, ancient alternative history, etc. And my curiosity curiosity struck so i asked this guy where he was from 
and he was from South Africa, same as Tellinger. Thought this was odd and figured I'd share it with you guys. Not too sure if that would even be considered a synchronicity. Now I'm guessing Darren is going to give me a five or six, or if I'm lucky, a six, but pretty crazy at this point. Listening to that certain show, and I happen to be talking to a guy from the same place. I have a couple more synchronicities that have happened, but this one is fresh in my mind. Anyways, keep up the good work. By the way, I think I'm going to become a Raelian. Ha ha ha, not really. He said that one was interesting too, but he doesn't know about all that stuff. Uh, thanks, David. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah, I'll give you five. Really? I'll give you 5.5. Yeah, I, I thought that was better when I read it the second time. Because, right? you know, you don't meet a lot of people from South Africa. South Africa. No, he manifested. <laughs> I'm on a manifestation kick tonight. Yeah, I know you are. It's crazy. Actually, technically, maybe you manifested him. Who? David? No. The other guy, the South African guy. Uh, maybe I was listening to Talinger at the same time, which the MU guys were quite harsh on him. It was, I don't know. Like, I like some of it, but uh, yeah, they were, they were pretty, uh, well, actually, they funny had some little, good things to say funny too. Funny little but... caveat is that... Uh, I actually first heard of Dave McGowan when the MU guys were talking about his book briefly, I think. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's hmm. not a synchronicity. Don't all get, this stuff all connected isn't... Up. Don't get all, like, see, you get all excited over there, like <laughs> I'm about to have some breakthrough. <laughs> oh, is this the banter that people love, I hope? Yeah, this must it's be real. It. It's not fake. We don't know what the fuck we're doing here. I know what I'm doing. Oh, here it is. Profound UFO quote of the week. Catching Graham off guard. Yeah. Fuck, luckily I just have one ready here, and uh, this is uh, Graham's profound UFO synchronicity of the week. Doctor... Oh, wait, what's it called? You know what it's called. Dr. Robert M. L. Baker, Jr., President of West Coast University, author of two astrodynamics textbooks, head of Lockheed's Astrodynamics Research Center from 1961 to 64, member of the Faculty of Astronomy and Engineering at UCLA from 1959 to 1971. In 1968, he made the following statement concerning the one U.S. radar system in operation that at that time, to his knowledge, exhibited sufficient continuous coverage to reveal UFOs operating above the Earth's atmosphere. The system is partially classified and hence I cannot go into great detail. Since this particular se sensor system has been in operation, there have been a number of anomalistic alarms. Alarms that as of... Anomalistic, this, I like that. Yeah, anomalistic alarms. That can be our show, like anomalistic. There's already a thing called the anomalist. Right. And we already have a name. It's called the Grand America Show, remember? Alarms that, as of this date, have not been explained on the basis of natural phenomena interference, equipment malfunction, or inadequacy, or man-made space objects. What about swamp gas? That too, buddy. I'll, I'll throw that in there. That's Venus? From, that too. That would be considered... Uh, man, no, that would be considered natural phenomena. I suppose. Yes. Not, that's from the 1968 Congressional hearings. What if it's hearings. swamp gas from a septic field? Uh, Man-made. Man-made slash yeah. natural? Yeah. Natural? <laughs> that's from the 1968 Congressional hearings. Dr. Robert M. L. Baker, Jr. That's not bad. Another good one, eh? That's like a short story. 
I like to, I like them when they're long like that. Oh, do you? Well, I don't want to you know take up too much of your time, so I sometimes pick the short ones. Well, you're taking it up anyway. You might as well be talking about some quote. <laughs> might as well be speaking someone else's words. That's true. Thanks, buddy. All right. Do we have? Uh, uh, so this will be coming out right before the money bomb draw. So when this comes out, you guys probably have about three or four days left to get in on the money draw. I think we're um, over already, so we'll definitely be giving away some cash. So jump in, grabamerica.ca slash money bomb. Consider making a donation, helping us pay the bills, or uh, spreading the word. Yeah, please help because uh, because of our silly deal at the beginning of this, we give away more than we keep. So we want to get it up to 50-50 like an actual 50-50 draw where we give 50 away and we keep 50 to help out our expenses. So It'd be nice to have that decision back. Too late now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Live and learn. Yeah, but thanks for uh, thanks for donating. Thanks for subscribing. It does really help. And, uh, yeah, and review for the, the shit out of the show. Yeah. Because that helps a lot too. Yeah. Helps us uh, move up in our categories and stuff like that so more people stumble upon us. And uh, the more we get the numbers, the more we get the uh, the listeners. That's right. The, the more listeners and and guests and and everything else along the way. Then guys like Graham Hancock will want to come on our show. Yeah, they'll be knocking the door down. Yeah, knocking the igloo door down. We don't. The igloo, right. Does the igloo have a door? No, it just has an opening. An opening? Is there like some beads on it or something? Yeah, like some yeah. peace beads. Yeah, they just have to bend down and crawl through the little and tunnel. Some Bob Marley playing and some smoke coming out of the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a mailbox it says Grand America on it does that mean does that uh, you have any spam have question for you well yeah I kind of had a question for you because talking about smoke coming out of the igloo what's this thing called uh, green greening out when you smoke too much weed is that fucking possible motherfucker gets sick yeah it happened to me back in high school really yeah push your tolerance level. It probably has something to do with not eating. I know other people that'll just pass right out, fucking boom, hit the deck, man, and they just get up all woozy and shit. Hmm. Maybe that's what happened when I puked up a, do a dozen donuts that I ate when I was... Uh, Maybe it's because you ate a dozen fucking donuts. <laughs> it's like a big donut. It's a big doughy pile. Just broke. <laughs> just a big doughy mess. That was that was when we were 16, and uh, we were wondering why we couldn't light the lighters anymore, like why the light none of the lights would work. And so we're in the back of this Camaro, <laughs> and there was so much smoke in the air, there wasn't enough oxygen to light the lighters. Really? Yeah. So you're just that close to fucking all just passing out, <laughs> and never waking up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's greeting out. That's yeah. That's yeah. I don't yeah, think hot that's box greeting the, out. Oh boy, that's fucking Darwinism. Yeah, that's probably a good sign. I should have stopped back then before I turned like. You'd have been. You guys would have been the first couple fucking dudes that got themselves killed smoking pot in a hot box. It would have been, you would have been martyred against the cause. Luckily, we were listening to some cool Pink Floyd music at the time. Oh no! It's just uh... <laughs> no, that one wasn't that one. <sighs> Anyways, we should move on here. <laughs> Don't say ham, you say spam. Spam, spam, spam. Spam, spam, gram. What do we got this week, buddy, in the mailbag? I just did it. Oh, that was it? Oh, no, no. Oh, sorry. I got, see how distracted I got? Deer in the <laughs> I headlights. I lost it. Deer in the headlights. As soon as you hear a jingle <laughs> coming, you just fucking lock up. No, it's our buddy uh, Gitmo Yoho. And uh, he said he, uh, he had a greening out. Uh, am I allowed to say that? 
I don't know if he and died. I didn't know what it was. But... A letter. Oh, jeez. He said at age 37, it was one of the worst experiences of his life. But two weeks later, in a way, he's glad it happened. I'm especially glad it happened to me and not my sister-in-law. The strain was a white widow, by the way. Damn. You I had that white widow? Probably. I'm gonna, I want some now. I want to see if I can green out. Huh. And he said that Patty Conklin is a riot, man. He's finishing it right now. He did hear me fight back a snicker at one point. I don't think I snickered at all during that episode. Yeah, if you did, it was probably unrelated. I was probably doing something strange. Yeah, it was probably I do try and get la- I do try and get laughs at a grab in the studio sometimes. Yeah, most of the time it doesn't work. He says uh, if I have an MP3 of the healing ritual, he'll give it a try, but I'm not too sure what uh, what that is. Oh, that was the Joey bit, I think. Oh. The bit with Joey. So it is in the podcast, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh. If you just listen to the whole little procedure, she goes over with producer Joey about his back. That pretty much is it. I think you could just like fill in whatever body part ails you. That's a color work thing, I think, too, right? Yeah, yeah, it was color something or other. Yeah. So anyways, thanks, uh, Yoho. I hope that was okay. I'm allowed to talk about that. I didn't really know what the hell it was. I didn't really realize you could actually green out on weed yeah I guess there's a lot of that going on in Oregon these days Oregon I mean uh, Oregon no, no not Colorado Oregon. Colorado yeah or Washington yeah or Washington or Grand America <laughs> so yeah I think do we have anything else to get into of course uh, well we gotta mention the Paradigm 2014 right oh yeah we do have to do that yeah Paradigm Symposium 2014 by the time this comes out it's only gonna be about a month away fuck it's coming up quick man holy cow we gotta book it we gotta book our stuff yep a lot of big names there yeah we're super excited there'll be a link in the show notes there's a link on the website too that's uh I think it's just paradigmsymposium.com uh but check it out the Americans will be there I think the Graylians will be there and uh (laughs) holy fuck Graham's knocking down the studio Joey's wrecking shit with his fucking Dora headphones. Are you guys done? We finish this podcast. I'm sweating. It's hot in here. We've been in here for like five hours. <laughs> this is the shit we do to you guys. Do for you guys. Um. So anyway, yeah. Enjoy the uh, the double interviews. We'll be back uh, back refreshed next week after a week off, and uh, hopefully with some good stories to tell. Right on, buddy. Thanks. All right, guys, enjoy the chat. Thanks for listening.
Okay, guys, in Grand America tonight, we're going to be chatting with Alex Teplish. Uh, he's a graphic novelist. Um, but first, how's it going, buddy? Nice shirt. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'd like to welcome the patient Alex Teplish uh, into Grand America tonight. He's the author of In the Beginning, the Epic of the Anunnaki. We've been trying to arrange this uh, for months now, so we really want to thank Alex for his, uh, for his patience. And he's got this... Uh, this cool graphic novel based on ancient astronaut theories. So it's something that we're familiar with here. And we're going to talk to Alex about his interest and his research and the genesis of his, his book. So welcome to uh, Grimerica, Alex. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Like I said, thanks for uh, your patience, man. It's, it's great to have you on finally. So your book is ad addressing, it's, it's pretty cool. Let's talk about some stuff that, uh, you know, we've talked about on here a little bit. Uh, ancient the ancient alien show is actually what got Darren interested in a lot of this stuff. So let's start with um, your interest in, in this whole genre. Right, right. So my interest goes way back to, I would say, my early childhood. Um, I'm actually an immigrant uh, with, with my parents and my family. We came over from the former USSR. I came to the United States when I was two years old, um, raised in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, in my early years in elementary school, I went to a religious school where they taught us uh, various stories from the book of Genesis and the uh, Bible, the Old Testament. Uh, th those stories piqued an interest in me into what actually took place thousands of years ago. Where are these stories coming from? How have they survived over such a long time? How have people continued to follow these stories or, or really worship these stories for so many thousands of years? Mm -hmm. uh, my, now, my family wasn't religious and we weren't really observant of the um, – of the religion, but I, I was educated on that subject. So I, that interest stayed with me throughout my life. Um, also, also looking into various other religions, various other ancient civilizations, and really being interested in uh, across the board, trying to research that subject in general. Uh, in addition to that, I, I was always interested in science fiction and science as well in general. So that the combination of all that led me to continually be interested in extraterrestrial life, astronomy, ancient civilizations. And as an adult is when I really began to research, uh, especially with the, with the beginning of the internet, uh, when I found out about all these various books on the subject. And that's when I began to order the books, read online articles and so on. And th this started about, I'd say between 15 and 20 years ago. Wow. So you must have been pretty excited when you see the ancient uh, aliens show come on and it kind of just exploded in uh, popular culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, my project started before the ancient aliens uh, documentary series came out. Uh, but it was definitely something that helped uh, propel this subject into mainstream culture. Yeah, it's going to be a nice bit of wind in the sails. I wonder if they're, I wonder if they're coming out with the next season. I believe there's a season right now and that's... Uh, Season the newest seven one. must be season seven. I know oh. I've seen up to the end of season six. I was on season six. <laughs> you were mm. hardly a glimpse, uh, you know, a quick glimpse of Darren in the corner. <clears throat> Probably <laughs> getting told to be quiet because he was causing a disruption in the panel discussion at the last uh, conference we were at. <laughs> <laughs> Still more than most people. <laughs> I got my two seconds of fame. <laughs> Uh, so, so how did you reconcile the difference between what you heard and learned in, uh, in, in 
uh, your religious upbringing compared to like, you know, what you sort of realized could be other possibilities out there? Well, my family never really taught me or, you know, my, my brother. We never really learned that, uh, you know, we should believe the dogmas of religion or follow them wholeheartedly. Um, these were something that we considered more of a tradition and uh, something that our our culture and many other cultures have passed down. But at the same time, uh, we weren't taught to basically just believe with, with faith and, and believe no matter what. And that's something I encourage anybody out there to basically – Use your own mind. Research every subject that you're interested in. Don't just follow a group of people or a book or anything like that. Make your own. Come to your own conclusions. Do you, Do you take some some of that to be a part of you being from uh, Russia or the formerly known or USSR, uh, like kind of thing, a different culture, you know? Definitely, definitely. I mean, in in the USSR, my parents and and many of their peers had to take special classes that were basically. Um, taught atheism and taught them that there's no such thing as God and, and they're really these religions are are just stories. Uh, so that's something that I guess gave us an, more of an open mind to kind of, and I'm not saying that all parts of religion are bad or there's any, you know, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is that everybody should come to their own conclusions and use their religion or their belief structure to improve the world around us and not harm anyone around us, not judge others or say I'm wrong, I'm right while everybody else is wrong. If you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong. That's something that I'm, I'm completely against. Yeah, well said. Hmm. <laughs> so, so do what's your belief system at right now? Kind of like, what do you, do you believe in, in something greater than than atheism, for example? Right. Well, putting religion aside and all the dogmas yeah, that yeah. come along with it, yeah. um, I do believe in evolution. I do believe in science and, and everything has a, a proof does exist out there for, for pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that in the grand scheme of things with evolution and the universe, um, there's no limits to where evolution can take uh, consciousness. And the idea of God is basically the, the ultimate, the ultimate level of consciousness. It's consciousness experiencing itself, creating within itself. And every aspect that we experience, including ourselves are all part of this one grand consciousness. That's, and that, and even with saying that, um, I don't like to say that that's my belief and, and I'm right and everybody else is wrong. I always keep an open mind. Uh, even, even with the ancient astronaut theory, it's not something that I can say I, uh, I believe it 100% and that's the truth and anything else that negates it is not the truth. Um, I'm always researching the subject amongst many others and I keep my mind open to any other contradicting ideas as well. That's good. So do we. We like to be that way in Grand America. Mm-hmm. So what, what uh, as far as like your research goes recently, has, has your mind changed at all in the last little bit? Or what, what are some of the things that you've kind of gone back and forth on as far as like ancient alien theory or ancient astronaut theory, I should say? Right. Well, the one thing that, uh, you know, uh, the one thing that's common, whether it's ancient astronauts or um, an advanced civilization is that is the th- is the theory that the earth has gone through several cycles of destruction and what we'd say today in a, re- a reboot um the, with the last one being a great flood that affected m- most of mankind at the time um both the 
the ancient Sanskrit writings, uh, which comes from India, and the Hopi Native Americans, which have um, thousands of miles between them, as well as thousands of years between the cultures, uh, believe that we're in the fourth age and eventually entering a fifth age. Um, also, many civilizations, most ancient civilizations, not only the ones that stem from the three major religions, uh, have stories and legends of a great flood all around the world. And they all trace back to sometime around um, the end of the last ice age. Hmm. So that leads me to believe that there was definitely civilization on Earth prior to that. It may have been greater than what we know of today or what we th thought existed back then. And many of the stories have been uh, have been mixed up over the years and passed down as mythology. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. So would you say there was a modern type civilization? more Or at least more modern? Those are like the Vedas, aren't they? Or something else? No, they're called something else. The Veda, yeah, the Vedas. The Vedas is from the ancient Sanskrit writings in uh, India. So... Yeah, I remember that. Like it, it goes into all that crazy shit. Like it was, it all goes down to like this breathing turtle or something. It's like every breath of the turtle. Turtle is a new. I remember when it was, I think it was in Cremo's book. The breathing turtle. Oh yeah, it's like the whole. It's all a breakdown of the Sanskrit. Like how I forget what it is, but all the different breaks down of the ages, and it's like every time this fucking turtle or whatever. And it's probably not a turtle. <laughs> probably pretty offensive to some people, but anyway, whenever this thing breathes, it's like fucking some insane amount of time in our oh okay I see but every yeah. time it breezes it starts a new cycle of this and above that there's these other fucking cycles that are going on and above that and like our cycle is fucking nothing it's like yeah. at the top of the cog right right yep yeah i'm not sure i'm not familiar with the turtle but uh they definitely used a lot of uh a lot of metaphors and uh symbolic terms back then huh. do you have a, a favorite or do you have a what's your favorite um I suppose site or or piece of evidence or what's what's one to you that seems pretty irrefutable. Uh, it's hard to say. I can't say I have a favorite piece of evidence or a favorite site. Definitely not a favorite site. I mean, the, the information is mixed up all over the place. Um, but uh, what what I like to come back to is the Sumerian writings. Uh, the Sumerians were the the first known civilization that resided in present day Iraq. Um, they were the they were the ones who uh, created the wheel. They had advanced mathematics and astronomy when there were no written there was no written civilizations prior to them. At least no known written civilizations. Uh, they kept detailed accounting records of their day by day business and trade, um, and they claimed that much of their knowledge was handed down to them from the gods, the Anunnaki. Huh. Can I ask you a very conspiratorial question? Sure. Do you think that our wars in Iraq right now have anything to do with uh, Iraq being, you know, the <clears throat> the genesis of our current uh, modern civilization and the Sumerians? Could turn out to be Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think it. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, intertwined connections between what's going on in the world now and this ancient legend that that it's traced back to, uh, starting with. The confusion of the religions, uh -huh. the mixing up of cultures and languages that traces back to the Tower of Babel in the, in the book of Genesis, um, to all the artifacts that were found all over Iraq, 
Um, the Nazis had a very high interest in researching those things in Iraq and collecting them. Yeah. In fact, and um, to this day, they they say that there are over forty thousand un untouched uh, ancient uh, ruins throughout Iraq, uh, buried underground. So, no way. That's crazy. Yep. So there's still a lot to be learned and a lot to be discovered. Ah, oh, so, you know, you wonder about that, eh? Darren, Darren, if this has, like, got some some true historical benefit to the powers that be, 40,000 underground sites still to be discovered. Yeah. Fuck, I think the they, didn't they just find another one in Turkey, too? That looks just like Quebecly Tepe. Oh, I heard something about that, yeah. yeah. Karahan Tepe or something like that. Exactly that, probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It is fascinating, though. It seems like stuff's moving so fast now. We're learning so much more than... When I, I thought back the other day when I was at school, how different what we learned about history is compared to what we know now. Right. I mean, back then, everything was basically... Uh, based out of books and the books you can get. There was no online ordering. There was no going, uh, seeing, reading the books online or articles related to them. So I think the internet is really speeding up knowledge and spreading it around, yeah, as well as false knowledge. Good and bad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, even pictures and videos, right? Like, you know, even like 100 years ago, what is you, it like you two? could never see a video on something. Now you can see a video of anything you want in the world. Facebook gets like 2 billion pictures a fucking month or something like that. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. Maybe a day. I can't even remember. It was something fucking crazy though. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Chris White's little movie? No, I haven't. Uh, Ancient that? Aliens debunked. Oh yeah, that I, I have seen that, and um, there have been other articles that came out uh, about with Ancient Aliens debunked, debunked, and <laughs> you know it's <laughs> it's really it's really you know if I I feel like if someone is looking to really debunk something, then they have. Uh, almost like their own agenda. And when you look deeper into some of these debunked articles or movies, they, there's a underlying religious agenda to kind of bring people back and say, find flaws with the theories and say, well, if I found all these flaws, then it must be made up and, you know, come back to our religion or uh, what, we've, what we've been professing all these years. Yeah, well, I In think fact, he did turn out to be like a literalist. Hmm. Those literalists that what are you? What's the word for it when everything in the Bible is like actual? You know, right, right, exactly. So, how can anyone with an open mind say that everything in the Bible is literal and should be taken literal? The Earth is six thousand uh, years old. Yeah, that's right. His shtick was the Earth was actually six thousand no, years really? old. Yeah, or ten thousand or whatever they say it is. Why did it get so much publicity if he's so dogmatic already? Then I don't get that. It was pretty good. It was pretty intriguing. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at that kind of stuff is, um, you know, there are theorems in mathematics, like, for, for example, the Pythagorean theorem, mm -hmm. where you can easily prove it. You can prove it on paper, you can make a calculation and prove it to anyone. Uh, it's, that's mathematical. Um, then there are theories which, on, on ancient history, which are made up of many moving pieces and many discoveries that still are yet to be made and many that are already made, right. uh, translations. So even if there are mistakes made, that doesn't negate the overall the overall theory, and it it really hasn't been disproven that that didn't happen, that something like that couldn't have happened. Um, I don't like to say that I believe that theory a hundred percent, but I believe that it's plausible and that yeah, it's yeah. more plausible than majority of the theories that have been presented. No kidding. And when you think of all the like what you address here too, and in, in your in your <clears throat> in your website and all that is the amount of 
different civilizations that all believe in some sort of similar, you know, star people or or some sort of uh, intervention from the gods, which isn't just a spiritual thing, but a you know a flesh and blood thing. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty right. uh, all, you know well rounded across around the world. Exactly, and and having so many different cultures spread out by geography as well as time. Yeah. Talking about very similar things. I like to look at it as a more of an ancient advanced civilization. Like I wonder how many of these, you know, there's these tribes in like Brazil and, and other places in South America that uh, they haven't, they have, they've like had zero contact with fucking modern world. They really don't know. Like you see the specials on them where they're trying to keep the planes far enough away that they can't see them. And right. I wonder if they have pictures in their caves of fucking the crazy airplane they saw. <laughs> well, there's something called the cargo cults. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. In um, the Malay- uh, Melanesian islands, and uh, they actually they formed at different times, but uh, the most, the largest and most popular one was formed during World War II, when that particular civilization was still living. Um, some people would call primitively. Uh, some people would call just closer to nature. Yeah. <laughs> and and they would see airplanes and actual American soldiers landing on their island, and they began to worship them, and they created a whole religion around it. They actually called it John From because uh, many of the soldiers' names were John, and they would introduce themselves as John <laughs> John From, you know, whatever state they were from. Oh, and that's they, hilarious. And they would actually build landing strips and um, replica airplanes out of their own natural materials uh, in hopes that these soldiers would trade with them. And these soldiers would bring them in the, on occasion various cargo that was uh, very beneficial to their people. So they began to worship and created a whole religion around this whole thing. And that's kind of replicating of what our ancients may have done back then. We're still doing it. I mean, we, we had a we had an episode on the Raelians, right? And a lot of people would say the Raelians are doing just that. You know, they're worshipping uh, some, you know, undefined, unknown alien present, presence. Right. You yep. Know, trying to build a landing pad for them to come and, I know, a whole embassy for them to come and safely uh, land. Do yep. we have a landing pad here in Alberta? <laughs> <laughs> I know. We still have to make a field trip up to that place. So can you give us uh, can you give our listeners a little teaser about what what the books uh, the outline of the book and what they could expect there? Sure. So my book was based on the nonfiction books of Zechariah Sitchin, who is a uh, world-renowned ancient astronaut theorist. He actually studied um, the Sumerian language and came up with his own translations of the stories. Uh, many of them do parallel with other translators who don't necessarily specify uh, astronauts or aliens or any advanced civilization, but they do uh, mention these stories and these gods. Um, the theory is that the gods came to Earth from a planet Nibiru, which is part of our solar system, but it's too distant for us to detect at the moment. Um, and they came to Earth in search for gold. Uh, they began mining this gold, uh, or at least a, a group of their own began mining the gold and working on this planet, and they rebelled. And, and these stories are uh, part of the Sumerian uh uh, writings. Huh. So I've basically taken the theories that Zechariah Sitchin, Eric Von Donegan, and many others have put together in their nonfiction books. Those books go into great detail. Uh, they read like textbooks. Um, and I took the theory, I put it into a storyline. I took the characters, uh, the gods, Enki, Anu, Enlil, many others, uh, depict them in the book. 
And I also feature Zechariah Sitchin as a character, and that, that kind of introduces the story. Um, he, he goes on an expedition through Kuwait to Iraq. They make a, a miraculous discovery there and begin translating. And that takes us 400,000 years into the past when the Anunnaki first embarked on their mission to Earth. And I also tie it to many of the stories from the book of Genesis, hmm. how man was created, um, the conflicts that existed, the Great Flood, uh, the Tower of Babel, and a few others. Wow. So the Anunnaki are the Elohim. Yep. Oh, good one, Darren. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so is that that's book one? That is book one. Um, yeah, that's book one. I have ideas that I'm pursuing for uh, eventual sequels, touching on other ancient civilizations and other translations. Uh, but for now, I'm working on... Uh, uh, this particular book, promotion of this book, and the ultimate goal is to uh, is to have this story made into a movie or a series. Nice, yeah, yeah. Well, I like the little trailer you have on your website. That's pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, is it when you look at the the four hundred thousand years ago? How the, long's the trailer? Can we play it? It's uh, yeah. You could probably play it in the in the. Uh, yeah, mini thirty minute thirty one. Yeah, yeah. I play, should I play it right now? Uh, sure, if you want. There's no, there's no uh, narration in it. It's just music. Yeah, oh, if yeah. you for listeners, uh, yeah. I, uh, they can. Uh, so anybody could see the trailer. Like a nice sound. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good, a good song. Um, so anybody could see the trailer on the website in the beginning the book dot com or by searching in the beginning the epic of the Anunnaki on YouTube. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna link to all that in the show notes too for sure. So when you go back four hundred thousand years, is is the uh, are the gods the technological type gods? Yeah, so their technology was, I would say, advanced in certain areas. Um, for example, genetics, uh, because they were written about as having extremely long lifespans to the point right. where they were practically immortal. Right. Um, aside from chopping them up into pieces and not being able to revive somebody, they were able to basically cure all their diseases and live as long as they needed. Um, and that is, the, that is also written in the Sumerian texts. In fact, the Sumerians have something called the uh, King's List, where they list all the kings that existed prior to the flood and after the flood. Oh, man, and, I've heard about this King's List recently, like three or four times in the last couple of weeks, and I hadn't heard it really b about it before that. So, yeah, I'm uh, very, very intrigued. We should talk, you should talk about that King's List. I can't believe it's coming up again. Right. So the, in the King's List, they, they actually mention these gods in um, chronological order. They, they, they describe their lifespans, which were in the tens of thousands of years prior to the flood. Um, that also aligns with the, uh, the Vedic beliefs that the lifespans were much longer in the prior age. Um, and they, after the flood, they, they talk about after the flood and the kings that existed then were – uh, the hybrids or the demigods or the, hmm. the mixture, the mixture of humans and the gods. And that's when these gods handed down kingship and began to rule through the humans. Huh. Now, is this a, is there an Egyptian king's list as well that goes way, way back? Or is it the same one we're talking about here? The Egyptian king's list starts much, much later. I'm, oh, I'm not, I'm not okay. as, uh, I'm not as familiar with their list, but right, right, okay. they, they, they definitely don't go that far back. Huh. So this king's list goes way back. Yeah, this King's List goes hundreds of thousands of years back. Wow, fuck. I wonder if we're going to find something that's really 
you know, something that's non-refutable that goes back that far, right? Because it's just like our our known history goes further back every every month. It feels like people are discovering, you know, more and more things. Oh, they find yep. upas, a couple upas every year. Yeah, I meant to ask Randall Carlson about upas out of out of place artifacts. We should do a show just on upas. Upa lupas. Yeah. <laughs> so um. So can we... I got the king's list here. It's fucking crazy. They start out like ruling for sixty thousand years, thirty thousand years, forty three thousand years, <laughs> and then after the flood, they go down to like the ones you hear about in the Bible, like uh, what's his name, Mufasa? No, who was Noah's kid's name again? I think that was from a cartoon, buddy. Yeah, that's the no. Lion King. Noah's kid lived to be like nine hundred or something like that, and Noah supposedly lived to be not six or had kids at like five hundred or something. Enoch is that who you're thinking of? Enoch is actually uh, one of the characters in my book as well, and he was the the um, the great grandfather of Noah, and he there's Methuselah. A, there, that's who it was. Yeah, Methuselah was the um, I believe it was the he was the grandfather or the father of Noah. Oh, okay. And speaking of Enoch, there's there's another there's a, a whole set of books uh, called the Apocrypha, which are hidden or esoteric books that were banned or removed from the official uh, canon of the biblical history. Um, the early church leaders and synagogues decided that they didn't they didn't really align with the stories they were that they were telling, so they they kind of banned these books and they removed them from their teachings. But these books still exist to this day, and even in the Dead Sea Scrolls, they're they're mirrored in those scrolls. And the Book of Enoch is the most curious one. I mean, they talk about him being taken up to the heavens, um, learning about the Earth and the Sun and the revolution and astronomy, and the they even they even provided the number three hundred sixty five point two five days in the year. So there was a lot of knowledge that was taught in there that he was being taught by these what they described as angels. Uh, and uh, it just didn't make sense to the early church leaders, and um, they banned this. They banned these books. That's crazy, eh? Imagine, imagine that. It's almost like pointing right to it, right? Eh? Like, okay, we're going to ban these books and actually <laughs> explain more right. about. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. I don't know. One of the one of these days, it's going to blow up. And I, I still get sad when I hear, think about all the history we've lost in, like the Library of Alexandria and some of those. You know, oh, Darren's rolling his eyes. Fucking <laughs> Library of Alexandria again, eh? <sighs> well, one day when it does come out, I think it'll do be it'll come out so fast that uh, it'll be an overload of information for the for the humanity. What yeah. do you think that's going to be? Do you see it? Do you see it as being soon? Something that's going to happen sooner than later? Uh, I mean, I'm no prophet, but um, it seems like everything is accelerating and um, things are happening faster and faster. The, the, the more you look at it, technology is in, uh, escalating, increasing. Uh, even, I mean, even conflicts are escalating. So I, I think that it's all going to, it's almost like the singularity. It'll all come together in one shot. <laughs> Something else we talk about a lot. So speaking <laughs> of conflicts, now, I, if, if, uh, if you don't want to answer this, that's fine. But, uh, you know, oh. your home, you were, you were from... Uh, what's currently known as Ukraine, right? That's where you were born? Yeah, I was born in Ukraine, um, but uh, the city that, it's, oh. it's, a comp it's a complicated subject because the city that I came from, Odessa, yeah. uh, was, it, it was a, uh, most major cities in Ukraine at the time and, and probably to this day still spoke Russian, even though it was part of Ukraine and right, they, right. You, you, 
Ukrainian has a separate language yeah. because USSR kind of dominated and, and imposed their language uh, across the board. Yeah. Um, so in, in, in addition to that, I come from a Jewish background. So the Jews in Odessa and all over USSR were discriminated against and for no apparent reason. They, they didn't dress differently. They weren't even religious. So it's not like they had some kind of real cultural differences besides their own hidden uh, traditions. Right. So it was basically uh, the Nazis came in, the Romanian uh, army that was supporting the Nazis came in during the Holocaust. And even prior to that, there were many pogroms where they would uh, beat and kill Jews and afterwards. So that, that discrimination never disappeared. And that's why many, many uh, what we call Russian Jews left, left back then, back in the 70s, 80s and 90s uh, and came to America for a better life. Huh. So what do you think about what's going on there now? I think it's a very complicated subject. I think that uh, within within there's so many different factions and, and points of view. Uh, I think there's plenty of good people who want to see the best out of all the countries. Right. But then there are various factions that w want to uh, see their own agenda. There's many skinhead factions in Ukraine. Then there's the Russians that want to take over. Then there are those that don't. It's, it's a complicated subject. And, uh, you know, I'm no political scientist to say that uh, who's right or who's wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm so far removed that, you know, for me, I'm, I'm an American. I was raised in America and, you know, although I was born there and I, I, I like to research my roots. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I consider myself an American. Huh. Yeah, it sounds kind of like us too, or at least like me, because these topics are so complex. I don't even know what to, you know, what to believe, what to hang my hat on. I just want to, you know, kind of take it all in and, and not really, you know, decide either way. It's, it's tough. I don't know what to believe anymore. Right. Just believe me. <laughs> believe what? You? Just believe me. <laughs> you can't go wrong. So can you tell us any other bits of, uh, of your book that uh, people might want to know about? Yeah, I, I, at, the, at the end of the book, I, I do touch on some conspiracy theories, and uh, I trace that back to the Tower of Babel story, okay. where in the uh, book of Genesis, it, uh, they, it's described as... Um, let us go down and confound their languages. So in many cases, God speaks in plural. And, and instead of saying God, they write gods. When the Jews and Christians and, and, and Islam, they all teach that there's only one God. So it's kind of like, a, you know, from a spiritual point of view, there can only be one God. But from these writings, in many cases, it's almost like they forgot to take out the S or the pluralization of the word. They talk about the gods. And in the Tower of Babel story, they talk about humanity living under one culture and one language and God or God's feeling that they, humans weren't ready for that. And that's when they diversify the languages, spread people out, mix up the cultures. And I would say that if you look at most conspiracy theories, it all goes back to that, that moment when, uh, when everybody was diversified and began fighting amongst themselves to kind of distract from what the truth was or what came before. Wow. So when would that have been? Was that like uh, in Egypt, uh, sort of a few hundred years before Christ, or uh, what? What kind of time frame does that land on? This would be uh, slightly after the flood, after the Great Flood. Oh, okay. So going way back then. Really? Way back, yeah. Yeah. Way okay. Back. Okay. Way back before any recorded history. Oh, okay. Huh. 
and there, there's other stories uh, similar to that that are outside of the Old Testament from other cultures as well. What about the evolution of us as humans and the different races that we are and the different uh, maybe bloodlines or genealogy that we have? Like, where, where do you stand on, on that? Do you have any yeah. research or ideas on that? Yeah, sure. So uh, based on genetic studies, um, the, the, modern, the early modern humans were all dark-skinned. Uh, what exactly their features were, that's something that's left to interpretation. But they were all dark-skinned, and the light-skinned features came out much later through both migration and mixing of other species. Um, in fact, most recent studies show that majority of Europeans and Asians have um, mixed genetics from modern humans as well as Neanderthals and Denisovans. Uh, in, in fact, uh, you, most Europe, not even most, all Europeans have anywhere from two to four percent Neanderthal DNA, and I, I've actually stu I've actually submitted my own DNA to be studied, and I had like something like two point six percent, two point four Neanderthal DNA, and then many um, Asians from a certain part of the world have Denisovan DNA, which is another species that existed alongside the Neanderthals and the modern humans. Huh. So uh, I believe that the races and the features that we see today are a result of the first modern humans spreading around the world, mixing with these other species, but as well as um, adapting to their environments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. It's a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's interesting. Kind of makes sense to me too. I was just listening to this show the other day and they talked about they've they've done this test about the Danish uh the Danish being the happiest people and apparently mm. there's something in their genetics that makes them more predisposed to contentment and happiness. Is it? It's interesting. <laughs> well they say that people who have uh, suffered trauma actually affect it affects your DNA and it gets passed down to your children. Wow. So so uh, that trauma is almost it's almost like an instinct being built you know the same way that most people would be frightened of a snake or a, a rat because that instinct has been programmed over many generations so if there if there was a group of people who lived isolated somewhere in the world and yeah. didn't necessarily face too much trauma they may be they may have happier genetics wow then you could when we find them we could sell that like <laughs> that happy or, happy pills yeah finally <laughs> yeah, or I mean, imagine if, or if they didn't really learn how to deal with that trauma. Like maybe some some civilizations found a, a way to deal with their trauma better mushrooms. than others. Like the mushrooms, like the <laughs> like the Buddhists that you know they kept trying to get, uh, you know, they're, they're yeah, they almost destroyed so many times. Yet you know maybe they uh, maybe they know how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what else? Uh, what else about the evolution there? Um, so when you talk about the mixing of these, like Denisovians and and the uh, Neanderthals, Neanderthals, yeah. What? How how far back are we going then with this? Because I, I keep asking these same questions. It feels like, but I can't. Sometimes I can't wrap my head around how far back we're talking. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's such a long span of history that it's it's hard to pinpoint exactly. But the genetic studies show that this happened somewhere um, around thirty thousand. 30,000 to 40,000 years ago, uh, most most of the bones and most of the remains of the Denisovans and Neanderthals were found prior to that time, prior to 30,000 years. So anything after that, they haven't really found any uh, 
any of these types of bones or remains. So like so, seventy thousand, or could be even a, could be even a, you know somewhere between seventy and five hundred thousand years they were coexisting. Right, 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 exactly. And there are other species of humans uh, similar to modern humans that existed at the time. Um, there's another archaic human that they say most African uh, people have in their DNA, which hasn't really been discovered, but they can just tell by the differences in the genetics. So we're all we're all really a mixture at this point of various species, kind of like, um, you know, if you take, you can like technically... Yeah, like a mutt. You could take two different breeds of dog or um, they've actually mixed a lion and tigers in the past. Uh, and they, Yeah, that's and, the fabled liger. I've heard about that. Liger, exactly. And what happened was when they mixed the, the, the tiger and the lion, which wasn't natural, it was more of a scientific experiment, the offspring became out much larger than both parents. And that kind of traces back to the story of the giants throughout most of ancient history all over the world. They talk about giants living on this planet, living on the earth before and after the flood. Um, and they were supposedly the offspring of the, of the um, uh, sons of God and the daughters of men. That's, that's both in the Old Testament as well as many other stories. Uh, they talk about these, these hybrid beings. Um, the Nephilim. And Nephilim, exactly. Then they were almost wiped out, so they ran into the bush and evolved into Sasquatch. <laughs> and Yeti. No, no. <laughs> so we, Darren like wants to ask you a question here. Synchronicity <laughs> yeah, question. Yeah. <laughs> Have you? Uh, are you familiar with the term synchronicity? Sure. Uh, we kind of, we kind of, uh, have our, 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 synchronicities are kind of a big part of our show. I guess we dedicate a segment to it from time to time. So, uh, we like to ask all our guests, uh, what kind of what synchronicity means to them, um, if they've experienced any and, uh, and, and sort of that sort of thing. So have you, uh, have you ever had any sort of synchronicities with any sort of, I don't know, may, maybe some sort of meaning behind them? Uh, I mean, I look at all of life and everything that's taking place as a, you know, we, we see we see time as uh, sequential, something that happens after another. But if you if you, if you were able to kind of step out of this dimension and see time as another dimension, um, I would say that it's more like a jigsaw puzzle. So whatever happens in the future has to fit into whatever happened in the past and vice versa. So anything, it's 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 I feel like everything is a synchronicity. Uh, it's just a matter of whether we recognize it, whether we figure out what it really means and what it leads to. Sometimes the smallest event can lead to a much larger, a much larger event, as well as uh, some major tragedies lead to good things and vice versa. So I'm, I'm not sure if, I've, if I could say pick out a specific point of life that was a synchronicity for me. I'd say there's many. That's a damn good answer, though. I like it. Yeah. I love the puzzle analogy puzzle just fucking take the linear time and smash it with hammer <laughs> puzzle pieces have you had any uh, experiences of your own no i can't say i, I can't uh, honestly say that i've had any uh, extraterrestrial experiences no sasquatch or anything like that <laughs> no i'm more more from the research point of view yeah yeah right no that's that's good one day one day we talk yeah. about you know we i don't know we we have a pretty open dialogue here about letting people uh, share their shit if they've if they've had shit happen to them sure i mean i don't i don't doubt that the things have happened i mean there was a whole panel 
in Cong- uh, there was a whole mock uh, trial held recently in Congress or in, uh, with some congressmen. Um, there are very well-known public figures that have come out um, that have basically said that there's definitely ancient astronaut and current aliens affecting the happenings on Earth. Um, examples are uh, Paul Hellyer, the the former uh, Canadian defense official who is similar to Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah, he's yeah. he's constantly coming out saying that we've had a ancient alien influence on this planet to this day. Uh, Dr. Edgar Mitchell from uh, the Apollo 14 mission, an astronaut, famous astronaut, has said that we have had um, UFO encounters and aliens uh, influencing the world. Uh, so there's definitely uh, – it's not just uh, some – some people in the in rural areas that have seen this thing, but uh, a lot of others, respe- respectable people from all types of important roles in the government, military, and, and private sectors have come forward as well. Yeah, yeah. Something else is just cracking open, just along with the rest of the accelerated timeline we're going through. Yep. Just a fucking code breaking down. <laughs> this digital universe is starting to dissolve. It's running <laughs> a hard drive space. Mm-hmm. Someone's forgot about it on some laptop running in some laboratory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, bef- before we wrap it up, do you want to tell some people uh, other, the website or if, or if you're on the Twitter or the Facebook or where these guys can uh, can track you down and and uh, find out more about you and, and what you're doing? Yeah, sure. So the, the main website for the book is inthebeginningthebook.com. And um, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash in the beginning the book. Uh, on the Facebook page, I expand on the graphic novel. Um, uh, aside from providing sneak peeks into the book, I also post various research articles, mainstream archaeology, astronomy that all relates to this subject on a regular basis and uh, engage the audience and constantly discuss these various subjects. Um, and uh, on Amazon, if you want to purchase from Amazon, you can search for In the Beginning, the book. Actually, In the Beginning, the Epic of the Anunnaki. Yeah, that comes up on Amazon really quick. As soon as you hit it in the beginning, it pops up. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And always use the Grimerica portal when you're ordering from Amazon. Or, well, <laughs> <I have to laughs> right. Grimerica, that's a Gramazon. good, that's yeah, a good thing. You, go. you should patent that. <laughs> patent pending. So, so, yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll get people to, to go through the Grimerica portal and, and order uh, Alex's book. And then everybody on, gets a little bit of that every, corporate blood money. That's right. <laughs> right on. Well, we want to thank you lots for coming on the show, Alex. Thank you very much. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, and we'll link to all, all the stuff about your book. And uh, keep in touch when you get the when you get the sequel out, and we'll uh, we'll have you back on. Sounds great. I'd love or, to have you back. Or when you get your movie made, of course, too. That would be great. Yeah.
Okay, guys, tonight in Grimerica, we're going to be talking with Emmy Bittner about her webcomic, Trying Human. But first, the great ground on live. How's it going tonight, buddy? Yeah, I got the big, the good G word. Thanks, buddy. I'm doing good. I know, you've been bagging for a great lately, so yeah, I know. throw you a bone. Last time I got grimy, so. <laughs> so, yeah, we've also got Red Pill Junkie here to uh, to help us out in this episode. Because uh, Red Pill Junkie kind of introduced us to Emmy, and... Um, I uh, I joined the the Kickstarter. We want to talk to to Emmy about that too. So, Emmy's a creator of a of a graphic novel or web comic called Trying Human, and that that uh, follows the New York City secretary Rose as she learns she's being abducted by a group of aliens, the Greys, a race without emotions or sentiment. She catches the interest of Hugh, an empathetic Grey. And his funny friend, Kwatsky, a reptoid alien from a neighboring mothership. Using a device, the trying human circuit, the two friends infiltrate Rose's life and a human world. So <laughs> that's awesome. It's right along the lines of some of the stuff we've been talking about. So uh, welcome to Grimerica, Emmy. Hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, it's Hi. nice. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it, this is cool. I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. Oh, don't be. <laughs> Super casual. So, are you I, nervous too, Red? No, I'm nervous. I'm excited, you know, because <laughs> I've been a fan of Amy's artwork for for several years by now. You know, oh god, I, I can't even <laughs> remember when I, when I discovered uh, Trying Human. Probably because someone recommended it, and uh, you know, I got in love with it. The first thing that caught my attention was, you know, when I first read it, was that you know, it, it was very evident that. The artist, you know, that, that means Amy, really did her homework, you know, with regards to studying the, uh, all the aspects of the UFO lore and the abduction, alien abduction mythos, you know. You could pl plainly see in, even in the small, like, Easter eggs, you know, small little details that maybe will go unnoticed by people who are not really that well-versed in the literature, but, but people who are, you know, that they could really uh, uh, perceive them from things like, you know, the, the color of the planes that are used to taxi all the personnel in Area yeah. 51, <laughs> to even, you know, the, the, the fact that uh, the, the main character, Rose, you know, he's a, a redhead, so, uh, so that kind of maybe implies... A gaily ancestry, you know, all those little things, you know, really, really caught my attention. Yeah, I love uh, ufology and alien abductions. I've been into it since I was a little kid and have probably like 40, 50 plus books on the topic now, and I just love it. So I had to do a comic about it. <laughs> Sweet. So, how long have you been working on the comic for? Uh, I was trying to figure that out today. I think it was about. 13 when I started it. So wow. Be about, wow. I'm 27 now, so like 14 years ago when I started writing it. It's kind of like changed over the years, you know, because I was like young and stupid and, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, uh, uh, when I was in college, that's when it really uh, kind of settled down to what it is now. So, yeah. Yeah, the artwork's really, really cool. So, so you did a, um, you decided to do then a Kickstarter, right? To, was that to, to, to move your comic from paper to web or something like that? Uh, the other way around. The other way around, right? To paper, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. okay. Awesome. 
Nobody goes paper to web anymore, Graham. <laughs> I know. I had it. I had it the right way, and then I flipped it around for some reason. Yeah, yeah. it's not like Amy is the New York Times man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so when is when is that going to be shipping out to people? Gosh, I hope soon. I just um, I'm doing an overseas printer this time, which oh, I've never wow. done before. So. I just got done talking to my contact today, and they're shipping me the forms so that I can go through customs with my thousands of books and everything. I don't know where I'm going to put them all, but so yeah, um, soon, hopefully within the next month or two, they'll be shipping out. So, yes. You surpassed your goal, actually, eh, by quite a bit? Yeah, I forget by how much, a couple thousand. I mean, it's it's not like a million dollars or anything, but it, it'll get me like at least a thousand more books. So that's good. Tell us about the Kickstarter experience a little bit. It's not my first Kickstarter. I did one before for um, a horror novel or like a, an art book. So I'm I'll kind of used to it now. Um, I don't know. I just sat back and let that sweet, sweet cash roll in. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of already had enough of a fan base that I set my goal like really, really low. And so I was pretty sure I was going to make it. And I figured if I didn't, then I was just going to put it on a credit card and like go into debt. The books were coming whether <laughs> other folks paid for them or not. So I wanted those books <laughs> really bad. Sweet. So, so you you've been into ufology for a while. You got like fifty books. So, can you tell us some of your the your favorite uh, sort of genres of ufology or your favorite authors? Because it's obviously kind of a complex yeah. subject, and you can go down a number of different rabbit like, holes with it. That's like the understatement of the century, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's so refreshing to have somebody ask me that because <laughs> usually I'm on like comic book podcasts. And they're just like, they're oh. aliens. And then like, that's the end of the conversation. So, but uh, yeah, I love like the alien abduction side of everything. I just find it like really spooky and traumatizing and romantic. I don't know. I just love it. Um, but uh, Bud Hopkins, uh, David M. Jacobs, John Mack, uh, Barbara Lamb. Those are like some of my favorite Hmm. authors for the abduction stuff so um i actually just got to meet bud hopkins shortly before he passed away so, wow. yeah i was so sad he signed my book and then he like died a month later <laughs> i was really upset so poor bud do you know anybody that's had any sort of experiences or have you ever seen anything you couldn't explain ufo related or otherwise um i've definitely had some sightings i grew up in uh, rural pennsylvania which i think is like the second uh state for most sightings this i think california might be first so uh, yeah, definitely. yeah and uh so i grew up in rural pennsylvania and i saw weird lights in the sky you know we we had cows and stuff and you'd see like lights over the trees and the woods and things like that but um my um my aunt saw a ufo over her farm growing up um and i used to ask her about it all the time i was like what did it look like what did it look like and i think after a while she got sick of me asking but uh, so lots of people in the family had like weird experiences with lights and things like that so um yeah no i've never seen an alien or anything though <laughs> just lights has anybody that you remember yeah yeah i, was just... I remember yeah <laughs> has anybody surmised that maybe you're an abduct to yourself um, yeah, I've heard that a few times. I, I've never had anything 
suspicious happen to me, you know. <laughs> I've never had like missing time or anything like that. So um just lights. <laughs> I feel bad. I have like nothing more. Just here's my light. No, no, that's all I've got. <laughs> No, that's that's all most of us have. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. more than most of us have. Yeah, yeah. Brown's so, an abductee, I think. No, <laughs> he's, he's not letting on. Not even close. <laughs> Darren is an hybrid. We're pretty sure. Yeah. A what? I'm a what? Hybrid. You're a hybrid. A hybrid. Yeah. Yes. I'm. Uh, I like the sounds of that. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a half Ojibwe, half white. <laughs> So, so Emmy, um, speaking of abductions and stuff, what do you think of the MyLab thing? Or, or what do you think of abductions in general? Like, what do, you, do you have any sense of what you think is kind of going on? Uh, I'm not, like, really um, hep to the idea of MyLabs. <laughs> I kind of think it's, like, uh, like MyLabs are traditionally, like, the military is abducting people and then making them think it's greys or something to that effect, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually think it's more like the opposite of that. I think it's more like aliens taking people and then they're seeing sort of military-esque propaganda or whatever, depending on what country they're in or, you know, their own personal experiences, like screen memories. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the author who she was really informative of, on my labs. Then she died yeah, of cancer. So, um, uh, it's, uh, Red will know it. Red will know it. Yes, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner, that's right. Yeah, I have her CD, yeah. Voices of Taken. Yeah, so um, I don't know like a ton about them, but I don't really have them in Trying Human. So. No, <laughs> you don't have any Men in Black in there at all? Well, I do have <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, the Majestic, but they don't like take anybody. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, right. right. So uh, tell us about uh, a little bit more about the the, the novel and, and the theme of it, or what was it, the plot kind of? Uh, yeah, so it's about Rose, and uh, she's a human girl who's being abducted by the Greys, and uh, she kind of catches the eye of this one Grey named Hugh, who kind of has, like, emotions, and he's, like, a lot different than the other Greys, because he's, like, really sweet and pathetic. <laughs> and uh, His last name isn't Jazz, is it? Hugh Jazz. Hey! <laughs> Took me a minute. You're a jerk. Anyways, <laughs> you're all dead to me. I'm humiliated on my own podcast. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Sorry. If it helps, I've got grabbed way worse. <laughs> oh, but uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think where I was now. All I can think of is huge asses. <laughs> <laughs> they make the world go round. The so, rock, the uh, rockin' world. Let me think. Yeah, there's and there's multiple like plot lines going on. Rose has a boyfriend who is accepted into basically like the Men in Black. It's Majestic Twelve. It's a little different in my comic than what it quote unquote actually is. And um, then there's like the Reptoids, and they have their own mm. little storyline going on. And uh, I'm trying to think if there was any other. Oh, and the, at the beginning of every chapter, there's a flashback to 1947 at um, the Nellis Air Force Base, or what would later become Area 51, that kind of recounts um, when this one gray alien named EDE-1 crash landed to Earth and kind of follows him around and stuff. So there's like four big plots sort of going on at the same time, and they're all going to come together at the end. 
Yeah, I particularly like that, that there is these two main like timelines in the story, you know, the 1947 part, which uh, you draw in all these uh, grace and sepias, you know, like mm-hmm. to give in a, like a vintage uh, tone and, and like the so-called modern uh, timeline, you know, with rows, you know, and I like how they are so intertwined in a like that maybe the, the events of the past have repercussions in the modern story and maybe even vice versa. I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely um, the the two main girls, Rose in the present and then Phyllis in the past. They kind of can talk to each other across the, the timeline a little bit and they're having these like really bizarre interactions with each other, trying to figure it all out, like all this you know, craziness with the UFOs and aliens and all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird now that I think about it, but <laughs> it's just how I wrote it. <laughs> oh, it sounds very cool. So d- how many books or chapters are there? Like, how, d- how does it actually work as far as, like, the series goes? Uh, every book is four chapters, and I'm on chapter 18. So this would be book five. Can I do math? Yes. Hmm. Wait. <laughs> four? I have to, four. Yeah, I have to think of my. Oh, wait. No, how many chapters? Four in a book? Yeah. So it would be the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm on book five right now in the current storyline. Yes, I'm halfway through book five. <laughs> so do you do, do you do all the art yourself? Yes. Yeah, it's all me. Sadly. <laughs> I'm all oh, that's, alone. <laughs> that's good. Actually, RPJ did our art for our, he did our logo. Oh, okay, yeah. Because me yeah. and Graham cannot fucking draw <laughs> at all. <laughs> Another thing that I admire about you, Amy, is that I, I, I noticed that when your art style got a certain level of, I don't know, maturity, that you decided to update all your previous artwork so it would match your your present style, you know. I mean that I, I'm sure that was a hell of a ton of work, and I'm really you know kudos to you for doing that. Yeah, after uh, after like I got so far, I think like maybe around like chapter twelve, thirteen, and I started to like go back and get ready to put the first book out. I was like, wow, this doesn't have nearly the emotional impact the visual impact like the storytelling just doesn't come across the way I want it to so I decided to redo all the art from the first book uh, and I started redoing it I'm not sure how many I did like maybe 20 pages and I was like I don't like these and so I redid all those again (laughs) and then I finished the the first book so I I kind of redid it like one and a half times or something like that but uh, i'm actually working on getting the second book out right now so yep so so go ahead red yeah just as long as you don't go all george lucas on us you know no 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 no. he was shooting first or something like that no 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 no. i haven't really like changed anything like i I think i've added a teeny tiny bit of dialogue to help clear up some stuff but overall it's the exact same story and drawings and everything just a little better <laughs> is it a pretty simple process going from like is it can you just kind of print print your art right off the i guess you must have your masters anyway right do like do you how does how does the process work i guess do you do outlines on paper and then scan um, them and then uh, all, all digital um i actually just did like a little thing on my blog about how i do the pages but yeah it's it's all digital the only thing i do 
don't do on the computer is um, I tend to do like a lot of my scripting and sort of like my rough ideas. I get my like laying out all the pages together. I do that all like by hand just because it's quicker. And but the the final stuff, like the final art, is all done on the computer with a, a little tablet that's like a million years old now. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you just draw on the tablet, and it kind of pops up in a program. Yeah, it's like magic. <laughs> I don't even do anything. It does it all for me. <laughs> Crazy. I didn't even know that was like a thing you could do. It's like fucking Etch-A-Sketch on steroids. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... I just put a link there in the um, the little chat window. I guess I could put it over in this chat window, too. But that's sort of like my process. How much time does it take, you know, to go from the pre-planning uh, of the layout to, to, to the final uh, um, completion? It's it's pretty fast. I can do, like, maybe about a page and a half a day or so, like a page and a quarter maybe, <laughs> depending on how complicated the pages are and what's going on. Some of the scenes where there's, like, five or six characters, like, all sort of talking and interacting, those take so long. I just got done doing a... Uh, uh, a long action sequence between my Majestic 12 and this Reptoid fighting them. And they were like, it was jumping around and doing all this stuff. And I'm terrible at action scenes. It took like four weeks to get through or something. It was awful. Mm. <laughs> I'm not good at action sequences. Is this, uh, is this, do you have to, do you have to do a job on the side or are you pretty much just, just concentrating on this? Um, now I'm just doing this, but for a long time I was um, doing commissioned artwork. So uh, I, I'm like a freelance illustrator. Well, now I'm a webcomic artist, I guess, but <laughs> I was a freelance illustrator. So I would do uh, whatever art kind of rolled my way. You know, I did like some book covers and uh, I contributed to some like little art anthologies or did t-shirts, you know, whatever. And then uh, lately I haven't taken any commissioned work i'm just too busy with with trying humans so you also did a uh, like a short story in comic book uh, in comic format uh, uh, based on this famous case of the disappearance of frederick valentich is it not yeah yeah i did that for a uh, uh, an unsolved mysteries uh um, wait, what would you call Anthology. I just used that word and I couldn't even think of it. Yeah, so um, I can actually put that link up if you guys want to see that. Yeah, sure. I put it all online because I'm a cheap We girl. have our friends, uh, Micah Hanks, uh, who, you know, I think he's, uh, he's kind of obsessed with that particular case. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, um, when I was asked to participate, I kind of forgot about I was like, oh, they wanted to do missing people. And I was like, well, I have to do a missing person related to a UFO case. <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. that's me. I just have to. So I went and found him and I was like, Oh, my God, I totally forgot about that case. I saw it on like, unsolved mysteries and sightings like way back when I was a young, a youngin. And uh, it's just such a creepy cool story there but i put the link in the uh, the chat there so if you want to see that it's only six pages that had to be really short for the book but yeah i actually didn't you listen to the episode where i solved the valentich case red <laughs> <laughs> oh so you say man going in the book <laughs> well the black and white adds a cool effect to it yeah i think it looks pretty snazzy i don't do black and white often 
Oh man, your art is is awesome. Have you always had the like it's a natural talent? Did you like? I just can't even comprehend being able to do that. <clears throat> Actually, I've just got zero uh, drawing skills. Well, I always wanted to be an animator and work for Disney. Mm, right. Work for the Rat, and uh, I went to college for animation. And about two years in, I was like, "Wow, I really don't want to animate." <laughs> I want to be a storyteller and I knew that if I went into animation, I would kind of always be under somebody else's heel, you know, for what I was going to be drawing. And I was like, I just want to draw aliens and UFOs and reptoid penises. I don't want to be doing this. So I, uh, <laughs> I graduated college and I moved to California and I was really close to kind of getting my foot in the door at Disney. And like last minute, I was just like, I can't do this. I just know I wouldn't be happy, you know? Wow. So I, I kind of made this executive decision to go off and do my own thing. So, yeah. <laughs> do you still do? Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I am trained as an artist. I didn't just like crawl out of my mother's womb. I'm proficient <laughs> at art. It must have come pretty natural, though, to you. Uh, it's a lot of hard work. I don't really? think I'm wow. really that great of an artist. Oh so my I, God. No, <laughs> I gave up the corporate, the corporate blood bunny. Yeah, I kind of regret it every now and then, like when times get tight <laughs> and yeah. tough. But I just, I can't do it. I'd be so depressed. <laughs> Well, you've inspired other people to, to do their own webcomic. We have Dennis Lernity, Science Guy, Toy Junior in the chat room. And yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a fan. He's doing his own webcomic now. That's pretty cool. It's hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. yeah, that's why we just podcast. It's actually fairly easy. <laughs> well, editing is kind of a bitch, but for the most part, we just get on here and yap and people seem to listen. We got RPJ to do our pictures for us. Too bad it costs us. It costs us money to do it. <laughs> yeah, don't t tell me about it because uh, I received uh, a commission from another Grimerican, <laughs> and I don't know how how am I going to find the time to oh. it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need some T-shirt designs, Red. <laughs> so, Amy, about trying human, do you have a a a, a, a very definite notion of where the the story is going to end up? Yes. <laughs> if I didn't, I'd be like a nervous wreck and in tears. I'd be like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I leave it kind of loosey-goosey like I, so that I can kind of slide scenes around a little bit or like um, a lot of scenes don't have completed dialogue. I kind of want to wait till I sort of get there to figure out what characters are going to say to each other. Um but uh, overall, yeah, it's it's pretty much set in stone. <laughs> There's not a whole lot that's going to be changing from here to the end. Really? And so have you known that from day one? Uh, yeah, at least the big plot points. Like, there was a big scene recently where Rose lost her memory for, like, the millionth time <laughs> of the Greys. And there was, like, this big emotional scene where she had to, like, leave and Hugh was all sad about it and stuff. Like, that scene's been in there for, like, eight years or something now. And I just got to it, like, four months ago. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird that 
I've written all this way, way ahead of time that it almost seems boring to me. When and you like, get there? Yeah, mm. it almost seems like formulaic and everything. And I'm just sort of like cranking out the pages. And then, you know, I'll get to these scenes and everybody's like, oh, you know, and all upset and whatever. And poor little Grays. So, <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> what about your viewpoints about uh, this whole thing, you know, the abduction phenomenon? You, you started so young. Maybe uh, it's obvious that you uh, that the, the story is set in a very uh, what we call the uh, the ETH, you know, the extraterrestrial hypothesis, as a way to explain away the, the both the the UFO phenomenon and the abduction. Yeah. Uh, have have your uh, viewpoints about those two changed as well? No. Over the years. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm so stuck on grays and reptoids. I want it to be real so bad. I, I'm, I'm pathetic. I'm sorry. Um, I, I was kind of like raised with like the 80s into like the early 90s ufology movement, you know. Um, so that's kind of like where my mind is. But I, I'm totally open to, to anything that, you know, comes my way. But oh, please let the grays be real. <laughs> I want it to be real so bad. So... Well, you know, it's kind of understandable, though. Like, when you when you really look at the phenomena, it's kind of easier to... I, I kind of argue that Occam's Razor kind of says that, hey, that there are ETs visiting us. That with all the strange shit that's going on, like, there's some of the other explanations seem farther-fetched. Yeah, but there's also people like Jacques Vallée who says that, that if, if it all comes down to, you know space people come up, coming from other planets that he will be very disappointed you know because of all of all the high strangeness you know involved in the, in, in the phenomenon yeah yeah I mean personally I think this, it's, a, it's a multitude of, of answers just about probably anything we can imagine is, is partially responsible for some of the phenomena yeah but the grace for example it could come from Another planet. I think it's more likely that maybe they come. If you want to, to see it in that perspective, that they come from another dimension, you know, something like that. Right. Interdimensional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. intergalactical. <laughs> You're not going to rap, are you? Oh, no, you no, see, no. I, I was waiting <laughs> to see if anyone was going to pick up on that. <laughs> but also, I'm, uh, there's other aspects in the storyline that that seem to be uh, far more metaphysical that some yeah. uh, UFO, common, uh, standard ufologists will dare to take it, you know? All this uh, mystery surrounding the the wrath and, and all that that we... That yeah, we I actually... That's one of the things I worry about is because I... Ha well, I don't know. My fans are not really there, I guess, for the ufology stuff. But I always worry that some ufologist near the end is going to be like, that's too out there. That It's part of ufology, that little thing at the end there. But it is pretty, uh, I can't give it away because it's a big spoiler. But it's its a lot more, um, yeah, metaphysical is a good word. It's, it's not as like tangible as like a spaceship or, you know, an alien, I guess, if, if that makes any sense. Dimethyltryptoline. <laughs> no. <laughs> that sounds fun anyway, though. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? You go. I go. Huh. So, well, what about uh, the future after this thing? After, like, how, how close are you to completion? Uh, I'm over halfway now. So, I think, what was it? Chapter six 
16. Wait. Yeah. 16 was halfway and I'm like over halfway now. Um, and it's, I'm putting out faster and faster every day. So probably in the next three years, it'll be finished. Um, and you're leaving the future open. Yeah, I'd like to kind of do a sequel. I want to do something about the Dulce or Dulce, however you pronounce it, base. Um, Dulce? Dulce. Is that, is that it? I've heard Dulce. it like three different... That's Canadian accent. Okay. Let's, how does Mexico go? <laughs> Dulce, like in candy. Yeah, see, that's what I thought Dulce. Yeah. Dulce and candy. No, Dulce. Dulce? Dulce? <laughs> yeah, Dulce. How does that sound like candy? That's that's what uh, that's what it means in Spanish, man. Oh, Spanish. Well, I don't know Spanish. <laughs> I'm a Canadian. <laughs> so yeah, huh. I'd, I'd like to do something about that base. So because hmm. right now it's all about like Area 51 and stuff. Is this an adult uh, novel? Uh, it's like PG-13. There's like boobs and sex. So. Oh, there is, eh? Okay. When I was a kid, that, that was R. Is there, yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, that's like PG. Well, I don't like, sh I guess I don't show them like bumping and grinding or anything. I just like. Sh <clears throat> is there inter, interspecies <laughs> contact? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Captain oh, Kirk. oh my gosh, yeah. That's like. Yeah, there's some repto reptoid yaoi in there. Wow. <laughs> reptoid yaoi. Oh, thank you. Bless your heart. <laughs> Huh. Yeah, there's gay stuff. Oh, very cool. I can't wait to get mine in the mail. Hopefully that should be soon. God, please let it be soon. I'm getting so tired of waiting on these books. <laughs> You're probably uh, getting else? hassled too, I'd imagine. Oh, it is. I, you know, I originally was like, oh, it's only going to be like two months because I was going to go with a printer that I had used before. But then this foreign printer was like, we can give you like 2,000 extra books. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went with them, but it's, it's a lot longer of a wait time. So, oh, well. Now I know. Knowing's half the battle. And what about collaborating with uh, other artists, you know, to expand, you know, the trying human universe? Uh... Yeah, I'd be up for that if there was anybody who wanted to. <laughs> I don't think I'm that big yet, but that'd be cool. Like Batman. That'd yeah, you never know. <laughs> you have a lot of uh, uh, fan art, you know, in your in your website, in your forum, and uh, I'm sure that you know after the the story is completed, you know, there will be even more. Yeah, I hope. It's kind of cool to see like everybody making their own like grays and reptoids and stuff. Though every now and then I get emails from people and they're like, did you know this is a real thing? Like there really are grays and they'll like send me the links to like Wikipedia and stuff. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I came up with it. <laughs> they're tulpas. That's have funny. you been contacted by people claiming to have had the abduction experience? Yes, and uh, I've had people contact me who say they've met Hugh, and I've had people contact me who say they are reptoids. I've had just about every sort of person under the sun contact Said me. Said they've met the character from your book? Mr. Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. So what is the reaction? Do they like it? Do they don't like it? Do they like uh, it? 
they seem like they like it. I haven't had any. I've had a few people who kind of side with like the majestic sort of things or they really hate grays or they hate reptoids and they kind of are uncomfortable with what I'm doing. They think I'm like I'm sort of beckoning them or, you know, I shouldn't be writing it, that kind of stuff. Or I had somebody accuse me of like being part of some conspiracy. Oh, yeah. Disinfo. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, doing like misinformation kind of stuff and uh I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm sorry. Oh, you <laughs> should look into cool. it. It's it's good money. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what we do here. <laughs> um I did have uh one girl who claimed she was uh an abductee and I said, Well, how do my grays, the way I draw them, fare up against, you know, what you've seen? And she says, Oh, they're really, really close, except they had like slightly more wrinkles around the eyes or something to that effect. So I'm close in the way that I draw them. So I'm I'm pleased with that. You should go to a couple of UFO conferences and sell those suckers. That'd be good. I I've yeah, thought about be, it. We'll share um, a table with you or something. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm usually a fixture at uh, MUFON. I, I oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, sweet. I go to like almost every single one. They went to Florida recently, and I couldn't go to Florida. But when they're out this way, near California, I go. So Go to, to the International UFO Conference in, in what is uh, Arizona in February? Yeah, in Scottsdale, yeah, yeah. just near Scottsdale. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I should totally do that one, actually. Yeah. Now so, that I have some money. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was like don't. I thought like to California people like Arizona's like we. No, no, I don't think so. What's the saying like I'd rather be dead in California than alive in Phoenix or something like that? Where did I hear that? I swear it's a song. I don't know. No, you've been listening to many podcasts. Email. You've been listening to many California podcasts. A couple of emails from Phoenix now. Yeah. <laughs> So, are you still doing freelance work at all? Uh, on and off. Why? Are you interested? <laughs> uh, possibly. <laughs> yeah, I, I can do it if, if you'd like it. It's, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I kind of pick and choose, though. And is, is most of your artwork cartoonish like that, or do you do all kinds of stuff? I can do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I usually get the kind of cartoonish stuff. Like, that's what people kind of want from me because of trying human or whatever. But I can do, like, gritty stuff or horror art or whatever you need, so. Ugh. Yeah, I don't want the horror stuff. Oh, no. Man. So do you do zombie stuff, too? I mean, what about the zombie thing? That's taken off these days. Yeah, I like Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> I, I watch, like, a lot of pretty gruesome movies all day while I work, so like slasher movies and things. I should probably draw more of it. I don't really, though. <laughs> Most of my time is taken up by trying human and aliens. <laughs> I draw a lot, actually. I fill up usually a couple pages an episode that's with wiggly drawing. lines. Yeah, that's it's drawing. drawing. No, this not. is art to somebody. Is that's an alien it? transmission, man. You are yeah, this like, is automatic like writing, Graham. <laughs> I'm actually drawing right now how to put them up when I'm, when I'm done. I'll, so, put, I'll put mine up too. Do you, do you ever feel like you're channeling at all? Like you're in the zone and, and you're just sort of in the moment. Do you ever feel like it's just happening? Oh yeah. I, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. I, uh, once I get started, I, I really don't like to stop and I've kind of gone on binges where I've drawn for like almost 20 hours and stuff. I really shouldn't do that. It's like not good for me, but yeah. Once you're kind of in this, Oh, sorry, when the mothership says to do it, though, it's kind of hard to resist. Yeah, I, I have to. I have to. 
Well, there's that's a common theme, you know, about people who claim to have the abduction experience. You know, they feel that they are compelled to tell their story, you know, to 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 promote the message that the, the, the aliens have given to them. You know, they they have a sense of a of a mission that they have to fulfill. Yeah, I, I like to sit at the table and and carve aliens out of mashed potatoes. This means something. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to the mountain. Okay. No, it's not that bad. Did anybody get that reference? I feel so alone. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've got it up. Know. We've got I'm it. Like, oh my god! Please tell me you've we've, seen that movie. We've got it up on the counties. wall here. No, okay, no, good. That's, yeah. that's about one of my favorite movies ever. You know. Oh uh, yeah, it's the best. I saw it I when would... I was like three or four. You know, I don't even remember. Yeah. I that explains that. a lot, actually. <laughs> Doesn't it? I saw it when I was like six, and I remember I went to bed that night, and I just kept saying to mom, "Going, it's not real, right? That's not gonna happen, right?" I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, "They're coming for me." <laughs> I've always been terrified of the grays. And now you look back on that movie, and it's like so tame. Yeah, it's really tame. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Well, I'm just reading your comment in the chat room about saving the, the <laughs> Library of Alexandria. Like You're copying me. I, that's that's what I said last time. What? Yeah. That could be a synchronicity right there. Oh, we forgot to... That's not synchronicity. There's another word for that. <laughs> Plagiarism? Plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did you really say that? Yeah, but maybe not in the Grimerica show. No, wow, man. I didn't know that. Huh. So, so what about uh, animation, Amy? You you would like to you know maybe try to do some shorts, you know, and animating the characters? Oh my God, not me! <laughs> I've got too much to do. But uh, if anybody ever wants to pick it up for a mini series, feel free. Like you know, you know, I I know why you say that because well, one of my first jobs was try was trying to become an animator, you know, and, and it is a lot of. Uh, hard work you're doing it the traditional style but now with things like motion capture and all that you know and even you can even rig like the kinetic sensor of your xbox you know and you can use it like to do it like some kind of DAY motion capture system you know maybe that could could yeah somebody else is gonna have to do it You know, well, I'm just uh, uh, giving some ideas. So maybe, you know, some fan will... will Get it ready for the Oculus. Exactly. You know, trying human for the virtual reality experience. (laughs) Get your own new groin. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm totally open to other people, like, doing work, like, about it or whatever just don't steal my shit i'll come after you with all my lawyers <laughs> all none of them we don't have any either um yeah did you uh, <laughs> so uh, it seems crazy that you've had it like does the story change at all or i mean it's gotta is it like you've got like a loose outline and you just kind of you know where it's going but you don't quite know how you're getting there um no, it's all pretty much written down. I mean, <laughs> is that okay? I feel bad. It's not. No, that's just. That's, uh, Darren can't wrap his head around it. That's all. I, I can't even plan what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I've had characters that kind of 
um, like people seem to like react to like, oh, I really want to know more about this character and I'll, I'll f- kind of think of a, a better way to like get them into scenes and that kind of links me up to some other stuff, gets me some shortcuts or whatever. But um, as far as the main characters go, I mean, their story's like, yeah, it's pretty blocked out. It's pretty set in stone. Yeah. Mm. And how old were you when you came up with the entire storyline? Uh, I started it when I was 13, and uh, back then it had like about... Abduction s- written all over it. Yeah. 13, <laughs> it's a very significant oh, yeah. in the paranormal, you know? Oh, well, is it? Yes. Yeah. It, it's when the poltergeists start to manifest, when people start to have visions, you know, I think... Joan of Arc, when you know, start when she she saw God and all of that shit. Are you gonna burn me at the stake? <laughs> oh, uh, no, Graham's not that don't. old. <laughs> yeah, not if you don't wear a, a coat of armor. <laughs> oh, yeah, I uh, I've always been terrified of Grace though since I was about like four or five years old, and um, when I was 13, I kind of made up my mind, like, nope, I'm not going to be scared of this anymore. I'm going to draw aliens, and that will make me get over it. But I couldn't bring myself to actually draw a gray, so I made all the aliens, like, hybrids. Like, the, mm-hmm. like when they have their circuits on in the comic, that's what they used to look like all the time. Like, they just were kind of these pale humanoids. Um, and it wasn't until, like, I was about 17 that I drew a gray for the first time. I was, like, just so petrified of them um, so now they're like like old, a, like a way to exercise your demons. yeah yeah point. definitely very interesting. very interesting and it wasn't until about like three years into the comic like putting it online so like about 2010 ish that i started to really get over it like i could sleep with my head above the covers and i could walk around at night and not be scared and stuff but it, it's like I feel like such a child saying this. Like, I was so scared. I was so scared. But I was. I was I can absolutely... To- I can totally relate. The first time I read Whitley Strieber's Communion, I was already in high school. And I had to sleep with my uh, night lamp on for the next six months. You know, and everybody would laugh at me. My sisters would mock me and say, oh, you're a big man. How is it possible that you are scared by that one little book? I had to turn the book you know the cover you know yeah put it upside down. i couldn't stand I actually, watching it i still have to do that in fact um uh i just got a second copy of communion that i'm gonna do a giveaway on and uh, i had it sitting on my desk for like two weeks and i was like all right i gotta flip you over you're freaking me out now so i have it turned upside down and in the back of my shelf until i can it seems like it's an abnormal fear in a way you guys have about the graves. Like, I wonder if, if there's something there that just triggers something a little more than it should. Well, I'm not going to deny that I haven't wondered about it, you know, but... We're taking you for a hypnotic regression and many, buddy. You know, I think that that, that will be a terrible idea because I, <laughs> I have learned... I have read so many abduction books by now that I wouldn't trust anything that will come out of an hypnotic yeah. I actually, uh, can I tell this story? Is this going to be Yeah, weird? please. I, this is the first time I've ever talked about this with anybody but one person. In Grand America, am, perfect. Yeah, I, uh, I thought, well, what the heck? Barbara Lamb, do you know who Barbara Lamb is? Yeah. She's, yes. Yeah. I was like, well, what the heck? She lives out here, and I'm now in California. I should go do a hypnotic regression with her. And so I contacted her and, and did the whole shebang. And I told her right away. I said, I know everything. 
<laughs> about UFOs and aliens, so I can't be sure that what I'm going to say while I'm under is going to be a unique experience to me. It could just be like a, a quilting of everything I've read, you know, just like a patchwork of Betty and Barney Hill and Bud Hopkins and, you know, whatever. Um, and I did kind of talk about some stuff about my old house, the farmhouse where I grew up and stuff, but uh, I can't be sure if any of it was, you know, real or not. But it was interesting. She was really nice and it was fun. So we. <laughs> well, huh. something similar to that has happened to a friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if you have heard of him, Mike Cleland. He has this uh, blog uh, called Hidden Experience. I think I've heard of it. You know, he's been researching a lot about abduct, abduct, uh, abductions and uh, how the UFO phenomenon is somehow related to owls. And oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, he went to England to give a lecture. And after that, he had this like past life regression, you know, and he wrote about it recently in his blog. I, I might send you the link uh, via email after we finish here. But anyway, so he was there in, in the regression and he was, you know, going through this, uh, like, uh, scenario, you know, in which he was, like, uh, living in another life, you know, in, 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 I think it was Ireland or Scotland or something like that. Barely anything about UFOs uh, came out of it, but uh, to him it was incredible. Incredibly uh, therapeutic, you know, it helped him a lot because he suffered from depression and all that. And, you know, by the end of it, uh, he came to the conclusion, you know, okay, so maybe this is something that my subconscious made up, you know, it's completely fictitious, or it may be a true, you know, past life regression, but I'm going to... I, I'm not going to worry about, you know, whether it's real or not. I'm going to accept it as it is and ride with it, you know, because he remembers something that uh, John Mack uh, went through when he was investigating. He was talking to, uh, to a shaman in an Amazonian tribe, you know, and the shaman was disclosing to him, you know, some of the lore of his tribe, some of their legends about, you know, people who came out of, like, metal ships that landed on the jungle and all that. And when, whenever John Mack will keep interrupting the shaman and say, this is, is this what really happened? Is this, was this literal truth or is this, like, metaphorical truth, you know? And the shaman will roll his eyes and say, you know, among my people, there is no difference. <laughs> And that, you know, seems like a, like a very wise attitude to take with this kind of subject. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I definitely didn't know what to think of it. But um, it, after I did that, I, I kind of got over the whole fear of the greys thing. And I just, I never, I kind of never looked back. I never was scared again. And I was like, all right, whatever that was, that's what it was. And I let it be and just kept working on my comics. So... So it um, worked. Yeah, I think it worked, you know, and she was a real sweetheart. She like wrote me letters and stuff. So <laughs> I, I was, I guess I was more enamored by her. I was like, oh, Barbara Lamb, sparkly eyes, you know, I'm always excited when I get to meet ufology people and, and everything. I've met a lot of them now. Um, we. <laughs> Is there anything other than ufology? Like, are you into Bigfoot or? Uh, my dad's into Bigfoot. <laughs> 
he's really into that kind of stuff. He's always like, oh, have you heard anything about Sasquatch in California? I was like, no, Dad. I, I was uh, more into crypto stuff as a teenager. I've kind of gotten out of it, but I'm still interested. Like, I'll watch the shows or documentaries or whatever kind of comes my way. So. Well, you mentioned that you grew up in Pennsylvania, right? In Pennsylvania, and uh, there's this uh, UFO researcher, Stan Gordon, you know, who oh, uh, yeah, yeah. wrote a lot about this very active UFO wave that happened in Pennsylvania in 1973, which is, by the way, the, the, the year I was born. And there were a lot of <laughs> very crazy UFO sightings uh, mixed with Bigfoot sightings over that area. Yeah, I remember that. Well, I mean, I wasn't there, but <laughs> I remember <laughs> hearing about it. Um, I'm trying to, was that in the Appalachia area? Do you remember? I'm not quite sure, but uh, maybe. Maybe. I grew up on the west side of the Appalachian Mountains. Mm. Very, very close to that area. Very woodsy. Mm, very I been, interesting. I would have been scared of into thickens. a Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking about Mike Cleland and, and his stuff, Darren always asks our, our guests. He's got a new thing he wants to ask everybody. Oh, yeah, about synchronicities. Do you know what synchronicities are? Uh, I can kind of guess from Lord, like it's something that sort of lines up together. What what is? Explain it. Explain it now. Well, I don't really know. <laughs> the, short <laughs> <laughs> the shortest definition is that it is a meaningful coincidence. Meaningful coincidence. So we do a little segment on our show, kind of about uh, people send them in, and I rate them fairly harshly. But um, we like to ask our guests anyway if they if they give them any credence if they've experienced any of them on their on their journey and uh, if they've um, kind of meant anything to them. Okay. So what? <laughs> what do I do? So have you ever had any weird coincidences or anything like that along your path? Mm. Maybe something related to trying human. Like you were researching some book and all of a sudden, you know, you find that book, you know, in your library, you know, without even looking for it or something like that. Weird synchronicities. So like... The fact that oh. neither you can look at the communion <laughs> cover is kind of one. No, no. Well, if you want to see it that way. Um... Okay, well, I got a teeny tiny one, though this isn't really fair, but I I was, like, watching this really obscure alien abduction show, and they were, like, just, like, interviewing random people about their abductions and stuff. And I, and I mean, like, each person they only interviewed for, like, a minute or a half or something. And then, like, a couple days later, I went to a MUFON meeting in Studio City, California, and... Uh, at the end of the uh, the conference, we all got up and got in line to buy books and look at all the you know merchandise that was out on the tables. And there was a, a lady in front of me, and and she kind of like mentioned something to somebody real quick, and I heard her voice, and I kept and I tapped her on the shoulder. And I said, "I'm sorry, I don't mean to be rude, but you seem so familiar to me, and I just can't put my finger on it." And she goes, "No, you don't know me." <laughs> and she turned around, and I I let it be for a minute, and I I I said, "No, no, no, I think I know you. Have you been on TV or radio or something?" And she goes, 
well, I was on this abduction show, you know, a few years ago, but it didn't do very well and nobody knows about it. I was like, I saw it. I saw the show. That's <laughs> you know. a synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a few days before I went to that meeting and I was like, I know you. <laughs> yeah. The show only aired one time, like on the Lifetime Network, like years ago, and it got leaked onto YouTube and I saw it and it was like 30 minutes or something. And so there you go. There's my little coincidence yeah, closer to precog oh that's ripple before the stick shit uh, but i'll still give it a i'll give it a six point uh, five that's not bad for your first time no if it was grab and be like a four <laughs> oh, uh, well if i would have known i would have made up a better one. Oh, then then it wouldn't count at all darren can darren can see right to the lies <clears throat> we could sniff them out yeah 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 if i'm not sure i just assume yeah, I don't have any good coincidence stories. I always set them all up. Like, um, when I went to Comic-Con a few years ago, I knew Whitley Streeper was going to be there. So I took all my Streeper books. And I was like, funny bumping into you here. Why don't you sign my communion book? He did not want to sign my book. <laughs> he didn't like that at all. <laughs> Eric Von Daniken didn't want to sign my book either. Yeah, his wife was really nice. I was like, oh, you're a doll. Make your husband sign my book. <laughs> so, oh, well. Weird. I think he's trying to get out of the whole UFO thing, alien thing. I don't think he wants to be known With for that. Well, I don't know. He still does his podcast, though. So. Uh, I guess. He just seemed really like uncomfortable. I don't yeah. know. I think that he's, that's his general demeanor when he's oh. involved. Because he doesn't know when when someone is going to go with the anal probe crack. Oh know? yeah, no, I never would have done I that. I know, but but, so but, but the guy, yeah, the guy, he's kind of like you know scarred for life because of that. You know, I've never actually looked at the signature. I hope it doesn't say "fuck you, don't talk to me anymore, <laughs> have a crappy Comic Con, love streamer." <laughs> it better not. I not doubt it. Check. I, I doubt it. You didn't even read it. No, I, I well, I was just like, thank you. And they walked away and he was really angry. And I was like, okay. <laughs> really? Well, he seemed irritated. <laughs> he, didn't ex he didn't expect to see so many UFO people at a Comic-Con, maybe. Well, it was just me. <laughs> I was the only one. I was maybe, did everyone know he was coming? Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, but what was he doing there anyway? Uh, he, was he, he promoting? A, a uh, he worked on a comic book as a scriptwriter or something. Uh, they yeah, were making yeah, it yeah. into like a, a show or a movie. I'm not sure what. But at the end, everybody was like talking to him about that. And then they all left. And I came up clutching communion and like just shoved it. I was like, sign my book. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. He was probably thinking, yes, I'm going to go to this conference. Nobody's going to ask me any I fucked know. up shit about aliens. It's good. And then bam. Well, I actually went up to his wife first and I, I said to Anne, I said, do you think he'd sign my book? And she was like, oh, he'd love to. And, <laughs> and so she went and got him for me. And I was like, oh, God, he already looked mad before he came over. And I was like, please don't hurt me. I just want you to sign my little alien book and I'll be gone. So. But, and that's uh, the one you're else? giving away? No, no, that's oh, no. I, mean. I have a, a blank copy so that you can go to Comic-Con and get it, him to sign it for you if you want. I don't know. It sounds kind of hostile. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bunch of my other books signed, so 
Uh, they were all real nice, like Bud Hopkins, and David, David M. Jacobs and stuff. So, hmm. um, Very cool. It's so cool to talk to somebody else about UFOs. I love it. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. It's great. I love it all. So is there anything else you want to tell uh, everybody before we uh, start wrapping her up? Uh, nope. <laughs> no, that's all it. That's, well, we're going to link to all, all that stuff in the show notes. And and uh, obviously, people will be able to buy the book at some point. Yes, and it will be on my website, trainhuman.com. I'll have a big ad for it and everything. So Sweet. Yes, the website is tryinghuman.com and uh, the comics Trying Human. So everyone should check that out. We'll make sure we link to that in the show notes as well. And let, us, let us know when the, the books go on sale and we'll, we'll make sure we, we tweet it out and, and throw yes. something on the site. Definitely. I'll be screaming it from the rooftops. <laughs> on the tweeter. Red Pill Junkie, do you got anything else? Well, no, nothing else. You know, it's been uh, a great honor, you know. Having the chance to talk to a fast hour, and chat to all who are following us through the chat room, especially to Susan and to Holly, who is right now playing with that big uh, ball of string in the sky. Hey, Red, Red, can you just repeat that? We uh, we had a little uh, oh. a glitch. Yeah. Only, well, a big shout out to the people in the chat room, especially to Susan and to Holly who is right now playing with that big ball of string in the sky. <laughs> Alrighty. Are you still there, Amy? Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. This and is I, fun. And I can't wait to get my book. Yay. <laughs> yeah, are you on the Twitter? Oh, me? Yeah, can people track you down there? Yeah, I have two Twitters. Introducing Amy, which is just all me. And then try and human. If you oh, want that's how you do it. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. I should have separated them in the beginning. Now it's too far gone. Yeah. You're, you're just <laughs> one. Now you're just Gray America. Exactly. And when I piss people off, I'm Graham. And when I don't, I'm Darren. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Emmy, thanks a lot for, for coming on the show. Um, let us know when the, the book goes on sale. Again, we encourage everyone to head over and check that out. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on the show. Yay. Right on. Clear. Can we talk? We can. Yep. Okay. Yeah, we can. The chat That's room tense. is still on. The chat room's still on, yeah. That's okay. Wee, that was fun. Yeah, thank you yeah, so that much. Was good. Awesome. Yeah. If you guys ever do just like a general like UFO thing ever again, that would be so cool. Could I like talk again <laughs> if you guys ever do anything again yeah totally we uh we do like a passport to gray america episode where we have listeners and stuff call in and we talk talk to them and then we put it out there because i just it's so nice to like talk to people about aliens and ufos i have like nobody to talk to about it so i know it's crazy that's one of the reasons i like to do this show because i love talking with like-minded people ground is a uf quote ufo quote every week which we've didn't do... Yeah, we haven't done it yet. The Expanded Perspectives intro. No, because we're, we're doing it later on, remember? The outro? So if everyone will think we forgot, then what's, surprise, What's your uh, quote going to be? I don't know. I haven't picked it yet. I've got don't a... I've be got a, a you, oh, wait. Uh, I got one. Okay. Don't be a ufologist... Apo wait. Don't be an apologist. Ufologist. Tell it like it is. Stan Friedman. 
Oh, that's go. a good one. Yeah, I've got a. That's a better than no. I'm not signing your fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> God, I'm depressed. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we really like to talk about UFOs around here, amongst the many other strange topics on the fringe. Yeah, I, I I'm not just like a UFO person, but I kind of promote it more heavily because of trying humans. So yeah. So we, we finally did our first Bigfoot episode. That's not released yet, though. Oh. Who were, right. you, talk- who were you talking to um, before me? I you mentioned it real quick. Something like experience. I'm not oh, sure. expanded perspectives. That's another podcast we had them on to help uh, plug their new thing they're coming out with. And then before that was Martin Blank. Martin Blank, yeah, talking about killer Wi-Fi. Killer Wi-Fi, like and the the damaging effects of EMF and stuff. Do they, can they like show that? Can they prove that? Yeah, apparently. Yeah, he says he can. It was pretty, pretty depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Now I feel obligated to turn my iPhone onto airplane mode when I go to bed and unplug my Wi-Fi and all this. Like, how many tinfoil hats do I need? (laughs) That's what I said. I said, well, should I just sleep in a Faraday cage or? (laughs) You'll be like the boy in the bubble. Yeah. The bubble boy. <laughs> you could get a little, I wonder if you could just get like copper shingles and copper siding. Yeah, or maybe just wear like copper lace clothing. Don't live in uh, Detroit. Your house will get stripped. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. I think I'm just going to get Wi-Fi protective paint and do my room in that. Is that a thing? Or did yeah. you just make that up? No, he, he talked about it. I remember hearing about that years ago. What what's in it? Like probably lead. No. Snake lead, oil. Yeah. yeah, it's lead. <laughs> <laughs> Leftover paint from the sixties. <laughs> the Wi-Fi can't get in, but I can't fucking count past twelve anymore. <laughs> you gonna drink some mercury while you're at it? Make a little asbestos sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well we should wrap this thing up, eh, Darren? It's getting late here. Yeah. Wow, that was Canadian. That was super was it? Yeah, Adair. 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 Oh, jeez. Even later for Red. Oh, yeah. yeah. Almost midnight here. Right or suck some sulfur. I'm assuming I'm, I missed something. No, you're talking. we're talking about the, you know, the lead and the mercury. Oh, and sucking sulfur? Yeah. <laughs> I suck a little sulfur a few times a day. I think there's sulfur in cigarettes, isn't there? Uh, probably. Everything else no. is in there. Tar. So, yeah, we'll send this to you, too. Uh, I mean, you can forward it to all your... You can tweet it, tweet it and put it out there. I'll tweet it, too. Yeah, please. Oh, when do you think it uh, will be out? Yeah. Darren? Oof. Um, <laughs> a couple, a couple weeks, probably. 2016. No, uh, while we're kind of jamming some extra episodes out right now because i've got so many but within within i would say within a month for sure okay cool it'll be it'll be that we're gonna we're gonna also we might do a we're gonna do a double episode with uh, somebody else who did a comic book about in the beginning like the anunnaki and the nephilim and all that kind of stuff so i think it's that um in the beginning, I think it's called Alex oh, Teplish, okay. right? Alex Teplish. Have you ever heard of him? No, I'll have to look at it though. Yeah, that's, like, that's really cool. 
Yeah, and then you can join us in the chat room. Yay. <laughs> All right, Red, thanks for coming Here's aboard too, eh, buddy? Oh. Yeah, one more thing. Here's the link to the uh, McLaren's uh, uh, blog post, you know, the one about the past life progression. Oh, cool. Where? Well, nothing more for me. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. All right. Yep, I'll see you later. Okay, okay bye. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Take, take care, guys. Okay, bye. bye. Back to Gramerica. That was our chat with Emmy Bittner, Emmy Bittner, and Alex Teplish. Yeah, yeah, good times. They were both uh, both pretty good. You guys should check out their work. Both of the gra- all the graphics on both of them are fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and the storylines. Yeah, too, yeah, ancient, it's all right up your ancient astronauts and uh, and abductions. Can't beat it. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. that one comes out as a movie. I'd yeah. like to see that. Yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been a fucking ancient aliens movie yet. Oh, I guess fucking what's it called? It's like an ancient aliens Prometheus? movie, but they don't really, you know, that's like a 10 second thing at the beginning and then yeah, out the window. I yeah. want to see one that actually goes back. Shows well, the creation. Well, like Alex was saying, there's like what? 50,000, what was it? 50,000 sites to be uncovered still in Iraq alone. That's, I don't know. That's hard to believe. There could be more in Turkey. Turkey might be older than Iraq. Fuck, imagine all the shit we're going to find still. Yeah, I'm um, telling you. Or we won't find because we'll be fucking gone. Or too busy to be worrying about digging up cities. Too bad you have to use a toothbrush to get all that shit uh, dug up, eh? Fuck that, man. Dynamite and backhoes. (laughs) Then when you find something, you can start going slow. (laughs) Ish. Slow-ish. I mean, whatever. Fuck, you might... So you break a piece off, glue it back on. (laughs) It's you know, true. There it, should know. be some technology to, re, you know, to put some of the shit back together, right? You'd Let's think. move forward faster here. Exactly. I say, or just fucking, yeah, just. Or use more of that. To, blow the doors off the fucking Great Pyramid, <clears throat> man. Why not? Let's start blowing some holes in that motherfucker. No, it's under the Sphinx, man, where the. That too? Where the library is. Or, you know, if we can't do that, let's fucking excavate underneath from the side or something. Yeah. Fucking time to start risking some shit on this yeah. shit. Start using their uh, ground penetrating radar and find out what's really down there and just go hard. Yeah, exactly. Here, here. We should start a petition. <laughs> if the Death Star can get fucking 30,000 votes or signatures, then we should be able to get a few. <laughs> so, yeah, we're coming to you from vacation. Well, not technically, but. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on vacation right and now. And I'm working my ass off. You're still working. Yeah. I'm on vacation. Yeah. Probably getting ready for my sister's wedding. Oh, that's why you're going back there, sweet. Yeah. So this is like a little time machine. Hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. Not so, really. 
So anyways, uh, we want to say thanks for listening, and thanks to Alex. Emmy, Emmy and Alex. Yeah, for coming on the show. Thanks for RPJ for joining us with uh, Emmy. Yeah. He's the one who made the connection there. That's right. Hometown hero, RPJ. Uh, yeah. As always, review the show, grimerica.ca slash iTunes. Check out the money bomb, grimerica.ca slash money bomb. And uh, give somebody a hug today. <laughs> Spam Graham, did you say that? Oh, yeah, and Spam Graham. See, now you just... I can't believe I'm I wanted to go out on the fucking hug thing, but now you just went out on a little self-promotion. Well, Shameless you, self-promotion. You, you always <laughs> ask me to read it, and if I don't have any, then I can't... I kind of get caught off guard, right? Spam Graham with some hugs. That's better. How's that? That's good. Some cosmic love. And forward him your penis enlargement spam. Not like I need it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next week. Say